this pen? I stole a couple people's out of mailboxes. <laughs> they were in these bags of like a coffee pot and like an eraser. But I just love how filling it swing. Hello, and welcome to The Art of Teaching. I'm your host, Pete Anderson, and this is the podcast in which I speak with educators about the qualities that make for good teaching. My guest today is 29-year veteran English teacher, Jill Vick. Say hello, Jill. Hello, Jill. <laughs> Thanks. Hello. Hello, wide world. What's the official number? How long have you been teaching? All right. In Henrico County, 29 years. Mm. I have to think about this. It's really, and then I taught for two years at a private Catholic high school and then half a year in Chesterfield County. So 30, 31, yeah. 31 and a half. So, two and a half. I like to say to my bones, to my body. Okay. It was 32 years of teaching so far. Yes. Right. Calendar years. Yes. But to VRS, curse you. Right. Uh, 29. Yes. All right. Yes. Chesterfield, I was part-time, so it didn't count, didn't and I count. got, yeah. Sorry. Return to go. Yep. Um, so, uh, congratulations on It's Coming. 32. Yeah. Is it 30, 30? Yeah, so 33. Okay. So you'll finish with 33, 33 years of real service. That was the age that Christ died, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> 33, I think. We all die inside 33 after 33, is a good I think. All right, so... Go back 32 years. Why did you start? Why did you want to be a teacher? This is kind of a funny story. I, it was, a, it was an epiphany moment. I think when I played with my sister in the summers when we were young, there was always some sort of teaching going on. I'd like have her sit and we would do like, I would have a little chalkboard or an easel. Were you and we older? Would do, uh, yes, she is. She just turned 50. So I'm 54. So okay. yeah. So now she's been giving me a hard time about that. Four years then was much yes. older. <laughs> yes. Yes. <clears throat> so um, we moved to Richmond, Virginia uh, in 76, 75. I was in third grade. And I just remember we would, you know, television was not really part of our lives. I mean, we wa- we were allowed maybe an hour or something oh. after school. I mean, it was not, we didn't have televisions nice. in our room. We had one nice. television. It was reading. If I said we were bored, my mother would say you're allowed to be, you, you have to be bored. There's no, you're not allowed to say you're bored. Right. So we, we played outside and did all kinds of things, but it was always just make, making up things. But I always did teaching. My father was a very successful businessman and was always pushing the business business. You should, you know, mm-hmm. The business math science. He was a math science business guy. And so that was pushed. I thought in ninth grade, I I wanted to be an oceanographer. If I was going to be any other teacher, I could be a biology teacher or an earth science teacher. Well, what happened to that? Um, Chemistry. (laughs) (laughs) Chemistry in the upper levels of math. So I was stuck out at Godwin, brand Uh new, you know, new. You're going to high school in Godwin. Yeah, second, second class to go through all four years of Godwin. And I realized pretty quickly that whatever I was going to do, just the math and the upper level sciences were difficult. I went to Randolph-Macon. Mm-hmm. I signed up for a business and statistics class because I was going to be a quote unquote business major, not really knowing. Oh. 
And I went to my first business class and it was Professor Sharp. And it was either, I can't remember, it was micro or macroeconomics, just whatever I could get in. And, and I had bought the book, first day of class, I'm sitting there and there are upper level kids in there. And I remember him opening and said, let's look at the sample problem. And I had no idea what the heck was going on. I said, this is wrong. I, I am not doing this for the next four years of my life. So I went up at the end of class. I said, I want to apologize. I said, I'm sure you're an excellent professor, but I'm dropping this class and picking up a history and I'm majoring in English and I'm going to be a teacher. Well, the dawn was coming. Heard him ringing on my bed. He said, my name's a teacher. Oh, that is what I call myself. And I have a lesson. All right, uh, so here's an interesting thought because it was so hard to get a job then and I was the same way <clears throat> my first offer was a private school for no money about mm -hmm. the same of what you were getting and finally got that last mm -hmm. minute it was mid-August for me not the day before thank goodness uh, but I remember getting out of college and hearing that everybody needs a math teacher everybody needs a math mm -hmm. teacher but I wouldn't get in the gig but thank goodness we got jobs yay yes so let's just jump way ahead to the other side because now you're a department chair so what are your qualifications that you look for when you're looking at that person you've never talked to? For? For to be a teacher. It's like to a, be a teacher. Yeah, you got this on, whatever. but here, here's what, what stands out. Here's the, the things I'm, I'm looking for. Honestly, the first thing for me is personality. Do they have enthusiasm? Mm. That sounds so basic, but I mean, it's all about presence. And I think someone coming in having examples, being well-spoken, and just being excited about what they want to do right. is a big one. Um, I think, of course, knowledge of material. Um, being do able you have to have a way of knowing their knowledge of material in that interview? Is that part of the questioning? Sometimes, sometimes. I mean, we've, when we, in the few years that I've done this, we have a set of questions yeah. that we ask, and I've tried to ask some creative ones. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> what's your favorite book and why? Right. Which, you know, gets into the person, yeah. you know, which is <laughs> a great question. Any answers that just raised an eyebrow? I went, oh, no. <laughs> no. Good, okay. No. Okay, I didn't know if it was no. like that. Um, I always appreciate it when <laughs> there's a... Magazine, that's all I read. <laughs> Reader's Digest. No offense to Reader's Digest readers out there, but again... Or Mad Magazine. Right, or Mad. Mad is actually pretty amazing. Yes. <laughs> Uh, penthouse forum you know I, no no one's ever said that reading is reading right. i guess right right keep reading um some of the thing when they talk about an interview things that they've done yeah um and when you're watching them talk about a project or a unit that they've done and they they get excited about it mm. and they explain what they've done and, and you see that passion there it's exciting yeah is that pretty much it does that nail it that... for me the last two years we've had to do virtual interviews uh. Um, which is difficult because the person and logs in and right. it's the body language is really missing and it's diff it's difficult and they have to do a slide like a presentation about things they've done I mean that that's what yeah. <clears throat> our principal has asked them to come in with uh, do a five minute presentation about you what you do how you incorporate curriculum projects you've done things like that and I think that's kind of hard right. um, I'll say, for example, last 
summer, we had about six or seven interviews and we interviewed a woman from Missouri, someone from Minneapolis, and then we interviewed, but the first interview was the gentleman who's now on our department, Blake Carey, and he came in and he was talking about how he connects this and this, but he had the presence. Right. Um, And, you know, you're like, well, we have to look at these five other people, but this guy is strong. Right. And the questions that we ask, because I've been in that side of it, seem to be almost bogus. Yes. It doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. What's the weather? He's like, just show me passion. (laughs) Right, right. Um, I think one of the questions we ask is, rank these in order of importance. Uh, And there is no wrong answer. Um, Classroom management, knowledge of material, and rapport with students. Mm. Well, if you have this one, then you're going to have this one. Yeah. You can talk around any Sure. Mm-hmm. There's no wrong yeah. answer. All right. I asked a former student of yours, kind of, you know, what kind of qualifications you have. Let's listen in, shall we? Whenever I walk into Ms. Vick's class, I always felt like she cared. Like, it was... It was unlike maybe how I felt in every other class, just because Ms. Vick has a way about her of being able to make students understand that, again, she has hundreds of students, so it's hard to, you know, acknowledge little things about every single student. But somehow Ms. Vick was able to find like a little touch point um, with every student. And it could be just like a quick little snippet where she might see you in the hall or a quick little snippet in class or before class but like she makes these like little personal touch points to make you feel like she actually cares about you know your your about her student morris <laughs> so you recognize the voice absolutely morris my new boss i'm very excited about him being the boss i love that boy <clears throat> but uh you know that how, how can you sense that in an interview of someone who cares about kids. Can you? I don't know if you can. I think you have to witness I d- I that. I think you have to witness it. Right. So you're just going to hope. Yes. Is yes. it a necessary qualification to be a, like a super, one of the super teachers? You're asking, I don't know. <laughs> it's a tough one. I, don't I don't know, Pete. Maybe there's I mean, no answer. I, well, I think you have to have balance. I think mm-hmm. everything is is gray. There's mm-hmm. no black or white issues in right. teaching high school or right. any type of teaching. You you have to be able to keep them to task. You have to have management. I mean, going back to those three things. Yeah. But if you have rapport with them, then you have the management. Right. Um, for me, and I don't, I don't think this is 100%. I think you have to be able to have relationships with students. At least for me as an educator, that's what I'm good at. I'm good at making a connection no matter who you are. Um, We all recognize that about you, Jill. That is your super... To me, it's your superpower. And uh, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) She's flexing. flexing my arms. She's flexing. (laughs) And I don't think I have it. I don't have that nearly like you. I mean, with some, sure. Everybody's going to connect with somebody. But to connect with everybody. 
and I'm losing my patience as I'm getting older, so it's becoming way more difficult when they don't want to connect. And, and I, there and it is. How do you get to that kid that doesn't want to connect, but I bet you still connect somehow. Well, and I, and I, I you know, again, I, I don't collect with ever connect with everyone. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that's nobody. Nobody can do that. Yeah. But I'm able. I think it's a lot of it is pulling a kid over and sitting them down. I'm saying, look me in the eyes. I've, I've, I've done that. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'm your school mom here. What's going on? Ah, or wow. why are you doing this? And that See, sort of thing. You said it right there. You're their school mom. teacher um it's inevitable we're going to be some version of a parent for those eight hours but is there a line in you know of that parenting role it's like well i just can't do that that's really your parent not me and and how close and do we cross that line and the pros and maybe we need to cross that line with certain kids and then you get the whole pros and cons and and then then if, if you go there how do you explain that to other teachers that it's fuzzy? Because <laughs> not everybody likes fuzzy lines. I don't know. I think. Parenting? I mean, I think. <clears throat> I think some of the most effective teachers too are ones that are parents themselves. Mm. I think you have to kind of see that relationship. But I, I take it back. I, I take everything from my own personal life and how I got through high school and things. And I, I have a set number of conversation pieces. I can pull out a conversation yeah. if I see a kid struggling. And the first, you know, one of them is, what is your job? What's your job is a 14-year-old? Mm. And they're trying to socialize. They're trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to possibly be in a sport, get involved, make a connection. But what is your job? Or, or have a job outside of school, which I think all students should have some sort of job outside of school to learn. Balance. Mm. But your job is to be a student. Because it's the law. <laughs> and once you graduate, you, you can choose your destiny. But your job right now is to be a student. Mm. And, you know, you have 24 hours in a day. So you're here eight hours. Um, and I'll divide, I'll divide the time down. And you can have personal, you know, but your job is to be a student. How are you going to make, how are you going to learn from that? Yeah. You don't have to make an A. One of the best subs I've ever had is at Hermitage before Glen Allen. Elmer Smith, good trumpet player too. Well, I, don't, I don't know how we found him, but I knew him before he came in. I said, oh yeah, Elmer, I like Elmer. Best sub I've ever known. Kids instantly loved him. He knew nothing about math. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's not sure. fair to say. But uh, he came in as because we lost someone for, I won't even get into why. Um, but he came in, connected instantly, and his, it's like a tagline. It's the one I kept <clears throat> hearing. When he would hand out a quiz, he would say, it's time to get paid. Because that's their job, and the grade is your pay, and to do all that work or, or not, and not right. get paid. It's like it's a great analogy. Well, going back to the, you know, I've heard kids like, oh, if I make five A's, I get five dollars an A, and I'm like, uh, you shouldn't get paid. Right. The grade, the grade is your pay. The self esteem. That's your pay. Yeah. You worked for it. Gosh, you how earned much it. Better you feel. Mm-hmm. How much better they become mm-hmm. when they get that better grade? Absolutely. I preach that thing all mm-hmm. day, every day. 
every once in a while. <laughs> somebody might sure. go there. But somebody gets somebody somebody gets it, Pete. Yeah. More than you realize. They it's don't that all. No, they don't. And that's what breaks my heart the most is when they just just uh, their fingers in their ears go like, mm-hmm. I can't hear you. It's like, oh, or the phone, of course. Well, you can hope that five years or seven years or maybe ten years from now, something you say may resonate, and it and it has more than you'll ever realize. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's true. And we're not always there to see it. That's true. Um, so, uh, speaking of um, being a mom, and you know the mom role, you are a mom. Yes. And uh, first, I want to say you taught my kids, so thank you. Because that was huge for me. There were a, a set number. The, the, I came to Glen Allen. All right, I'm going to back up. Did you come sure. to Glen Allen because your kids were going to go there? No. Oh, um, my 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 neighborhood at the time. My kids were slated to go to Tucker High School. Huh. Um, and then the rezoning changed, and it all just happened. So it just happened. It just happened that way. Hmm. But I had been I had been at Tucker 17 years. Um, I had been there probably seven or eight years and then deep run opened and I was happy where I was. Yeah. Um, but 17 years, I heard that there was going to be a new school opening. I had no idea where it was. And I Mm. said, you know, I might like to try to interview this just to see. Um, I, I felt I didn't want to be complacent and I had become a little complacent in kind of what I was doing. I was like, well, maybe a change, maybe try something different. Right. And that whole thing was terrifying. I after I got the job, and I remember Tracy Weston. We we went to early training with the Promethean board, and I was like, "What the hell have I done?" And she was like, "You can't <laughs> oh, go back I now." I remember her saying nuts. that to everybody. I was good I was, at technology, and it was nuts. Uh, I hear you. Yeah, um, it's only been my third school, and when I thought, "Yeah, I've taught forever," I went to Herman. It doesn't be easy. That was one of the roughest years, just making. The change. Mm-hmm. Everything's different. You Everything's have no idea different. how difficult it is until it's like talk about a hall pass. It's like, well, that's, you know. Sure, you're thrown thing. into the fire. That's why that first, the, ironically, the first year I was hired the day before school, I walked in blind and it was the best year ever because I didn't go through the teacher preparation week. Oh. So I was blissfully ignorant. And then the nice. next year, I was like, oh, this is great. I'll have a full week to get my classroom set up. Right. I was more stressed year two yeah. because I learned all the stuff that I didn't, that right. I was supposed to be doing. Right. And it was just, I never do well that week back. It's mm. just too much information at once. It's a terrible week. It is a terrible week. So you, you came to Glen Allen uh, more for an adventurous spirit. Fair? I did. I wanted to see, yeah. yeah, I wanted to try it. I wanted to push myself. And then I then I saw where the the area was being built, and I was like, "My gosh, this is closer to my home. That yeah. is wild." Yeah, it's really close. Me too. So I did it because my kids were going to go to school there, and I thought well, it's okay. nice to be there with your okay. kids. We're all on yes. the same schedule, and and you can just keep tabs on your kids. So your kids went there. Yes. So how did it feel to keep tabs on your kids, or how do you think it felt for them? <clears throat> This is funny. I had a conversation with Trevor about this. I remember him saying to Emma, oh, you just wait. Her, her, she was at home and you right. just wait, Emma. Your mom's going to be there. She, and, and it was never really an issue with both of them. I always tried to let them have total autonomy. Like yeah. your job is to be a student. You need to keep balance, get involved. And I tried to push. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Trevor was not a natural studier like Emma was. I don't know where that came from. I know she just always pushed herself. <laughs> I thought Trevor. Yes. I know. Yes. <laughs> great kid, though. Good oh, person. you did a great job on it. But in Trevor's mind, oh, I've got it under control. Yeah was not always under control sure. or he would talk about studying a lot. I'm really going to go study, but <laughs> have you actually done any studying? And I don't think he's a nat- he's, he was naturally good at that, right. Right. taking decent notes and things like that. But he has, when he is determined to do something, he will do it. Right. Uh, and I appreciate that about him because he's got, gr- he's got grit. Mm-hmm. He's not always going to get it the first time, but he learned he learned that early on, I think. And I've always tried to instill that you do the best you can. Right. If you fail, you go back and you do it again, mm. because everybody does. Right. So it was a good. good it was experience. it was it was not good experience. It was not awkward. Um, <clears throat> I was proud of the fact that I remember when they were putting I co-taught with Devanya Good, and they were putting diploma seals on the diplomas, and Jen Bolding said Trevor Vick. Is he related to Jill? <laughs> and that had been four years. So so that meant to me good. Yeah. That meant to me that's a good thing. I because I did too, not I want like them it. to be so put right. with me. They they've got to do their own yeah. thing. Right. Well, let's uh let's listen to what Trevor thinks. It it was a little bit of an adjustment uh, over probably over halfway through the year. You know, everyone's saying nice things, but you know, I'm thinking, well, you know, they're saying nice things because I'm her kid, you know, I'm there. Teachers are going to be nice to me because, yeah. you know, one of their coworkers, their kids there. But then, you know, as it goes on, it's you know, you realize the the impact and she, you know, it was just a, it was a very good feeling getting into it because everyone I I see that everyone loved my mom and loves having her there and um mm. she's somebody that you can talk to for teachers and students. You know, uh, what he said, it's someone that teachers and students can talk to. And that's cool. So you were his mom at school, and he could still talk to you at school. Mm-hmm. My kids didn't want to talk to me as much. but He he didn't want to talk to me Okay. really the first two years. And then yeah. when he realized that no one's really looking at him any differently or the right. expectations were the same yeah. and that he better do what he needs to do and that I, I'm not going to be that helicopter parent. Mm-hmm. Because he's got to figure it out himself, I think he realized it was okay to maybe stop by my room if he needed something. Mm. Or yeah, he was on the yearbook staff. I remember one time. Right. I think he had to come in. He had to come in a couple of times for yearbook business or something. And it that stigma wasn't there by the time he was a junior and senior. Right. right. Uh, but the fact that um, and to bring it back to requirements of being a teacher. <clears throat> That you're that mom character for all of us. Thank you. Character. You're our character. <laughs> Role was the word I was looking for, but character no, fit. That, thank you. That works. I'll take it. Mr. Um, Anderson. But it's not just as we expect um, uh, uh, the teacher should be someone who students can talk to, but also faculty can talk to you about things. And not every faculty member is like that. We're not all rushing to every person. To, to have that moment. But you, you're like that magnet for us. Other roles as maybe teacher qualifications in working with other teachers. Getting that fit. So you as the department chair when you're hiring people, are you thinking about how they fit in the department or are you just going with that's passion and that'll be good? 
And I, as I asked the question, I think, yeah, yeah, maybe I, I think we try. I mean, when we've either. interviewed, you know, I've only been in this interview process as department chair for five years. We've hmm. fortunately or Wait, unfortunately. You've been chair since you started. You know, I took over from Corbin. Right. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot that. That's okay. You're old. I'll forgive you. <laughs> He's not that old. He's a very spry, spry one. Oh, boy. Studio audience. Corbin no, so I took over. Right. Okay. And, um, yes, and I, inter and, and I interviewed with two other people for that position. And I remember going in, I was interviewed by Gwen Miller and John Marshall. Mm. Um, and the other two people were amazing, amazing teachers. One is currently our ILC. Mm. And it, that's innovative learning coach for those of y'all who don't know that jargon. I think we can make up some other yeah. things for ILC. Let's see. I need. Well, to, have I shared you shared uh, the the acronym game? I think I've sent it to you. I've collected all the acronyms from the county over the last twenty five years. Let's see if you can that's, name them. Uh, is that it's, possible? It's scary. Is oh, there's there, like are there enough pixels in the world to hold all of that information? Fifty to three hundred of them. Yeah. Everything from plop to, yeah. <laughs> well, plop I like. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, I think my dog's going to, so <laughs> I might need to let him out. <laughs> oh, sweet thing. Uh, hang, Actually, hang on a second. Sure. We're going to pause for a call okay. and get back to uh, Teacher for Qualifications with Gerald Diggs. Roger's Thesaurus. Only Roger's will get you out of a pinch or predicament. Remember, if it's not Roger's, then it's not... Uh, it's not DiGiorno either. Roger's Thesaurus is available now at Project Gutenberg while supplies last. Go out and get you some. And we're back. All right, Jill. I have no idea what we were talking about before we went on break. <laughs> but then why should that stop us? <laughs> no. No. How many lessons have you gone into and you just kind of do it off the cuff? And oh. they end up being some of the best ones. Well, I'll tell you, I've always, always had a plan. I just didn't know which plan. <laughs> Seriously. I always had like, you know, so many things and I'm just going to read the room. I as well. And um, <laughs> have you had the, read the room incorrectly? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Lord. <laughs> yes. Help me. <laughs> Like y'all are a hard audience, people. Yeah, no response. There was oh one time in particular. I won't go into the details, but basically the lesson ended early with everybody just sit down and be quiet. We're just going to be quiet now. <laughs> and I gave up. Mm -hmm. My collab helper wasn't there that day, and there was no sub. Yeah. Uh, God, I needed like eight collab teachers with me that day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's all go outside and run around in a circle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was challenging. Um, it was something about we were talking about interviews, um, you know, um, probably qualities of good teachers. Oh, whether, whether or not you fit, find out where they fit or you look at oh, their yeah. passion and fit when them in. Mm -hmm. Do you, are you looking for someone to fit the department? So, or it's like, and again, like I said, I've only been doing this about five years and in, in the people that I've interviewed for, and I guess, depending on which way you look at this, the, the master schedule for the most part has been done. So we're looking for an individual who obviously has the passion. And then we try to look at, okay, what, what do they have 
as far as their repertoire. What what grade levels have they taught? Are they familiar with this? English is a little different beast than like a science or a math class mm -hmm. because ninth through twelfth grade, it's it's different types of writing, different types of literature. Often it's been taught by genre or, you know, 11th grade is American lit tends to be based on those pieces of writing. Mm -hmm. Although this has changed a lot in the last 20 years. Yeah. 12th grade is British literature. 9th and 10th are a smattering. There's a word for you. Roger, Roger <laughs> uh, of different types of writing, poetry, uh, short story, things like that. So you could have a hole in the department that you're trying to fill. Yes. And then find some other amazing person that doesn't fit that spot yes. and have to pass on them? Not necessarily. Oh, no, we would that have would them. Sad, no, 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 no. We would we would get them in there. And now the end is near And so I face the final curtain do you have any parting uh, words of advice for teachers out there? <clears throat> well, I have the five-prong philosophy, which that, I think I need to end with that. Right there. I was going to hold back. <laughs> I thought it was going to come up. So there are five things you need to remember in education and really in any working job. The first one is keep your sense of humor. If you lose that, if you can come away from any situation and find something to laugh about it, you win. Mm. Um, and if you lose that, then you're, then you're lost. So you have to you have to find something to laugh at. That's why I surround you got to have a sense of humor. And that's why you're so wonderful for me, Pete. Um, number two is do the best you can. If you do the best you can, that's all you can do. And every day, if you do the best you can, and we all are, and it's very difficult, but mm -hmm. we are affecting change with some kid that you may not see. Some child out there has been changed by you. I believe that every day. Whether you smile or pat them on the back or say something silly, it reaches them. Right. Um, the third one is the hardest for a lot of teachers. When you leave for the day, leave it behind you. That's with any job. You need you have to have balance. And I worry about not worry. I'm concerned about some teachers who pour their heart and soul into the job because it, as you know, it can eat you alive. Yes, it does. It, it manifest itself um, in some horrible ways. Well, and another metaphor is you, you are the caveman and <laughs> the saber-toothed tiger is sometimes right up behind you. Run, you're always running as a teacher. Sometimes it's a mile away, but then sometimes it's right on your rear end. And so you've got to have the balance. You've got to leave it. You've got to, you have to have time for yourself away from here to recharge. Mm -hmm. and, and teachers don't do that enough. They take work home. I talk to teachers who work till one, two in the morning grading papers. You, you did that's that, not, right? Not long. Exactly. I, I learned we I had to do it. the balance. We all did You've it. You've got to figure that out and use your time when you can. Um, and then the last two are catchphrases, which are the last one's not appropriate, but it's the, the, the number four on the five prong is screwed again. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is clusterfuck, which is also known as foobar and other military lingo. But it's, you know, just when you think it's all ready, something happens or everything goes kerplooey. Oh, wow. But then that goes back, goes the, just keep your sense of humor. Just right. let it go. You can't control it. It's never, a, it's never, it's always gray area. And I've had conversations actually with a math teacher, um, 
a couple doors down from me who was like, mm-hmm. it, it, it needs to be this or this. I'm like, but it can't be that or that because we're dealing with teenagers <laughs> and their brains are not formed all the it's way. It's very fuzzy. Don't mean to think well, Jill, thank you so much. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we've been speaking with Jill Vick. Thank you, 29-year <laughs> veteran of teaching English and soon-to-be retiree. Thank you, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. You've been listening to The Art of Teaching. I'm Pete Anderson. Thanks for listening, but it's time to move on to your next class. Chock full of nuts commercials. <laughs> I have a, a an empty can of chock full of nuts in my mute bag. We actually, and I have one in my cabinet of curiosities that we, yeah.